Welcome, podcast listening world, episode three of Betting with Drew. You can find all my content on the Starving Era channel via Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. The website for the show is starvingera.com. I'm your host here to deliver my weekly thoughts and opinions on sport bets for the upcoming weekend. Coming up on the podcast, we got college football week two. I give my opinion on the odds spreads for the, these games with some analysis. I give my advice on parlays for baseball games I trust over the weekend. Also, NFL is back, baby. And I got my week one picks as well. First college football was great to have back last weekend, but now it's officially who can step it up week two. We had a lot of schools that faltered, a lot of schools that didn't show how great they were in the power rankings. And then, you, of course, you had just Alabama just crushing the opponent. And this week is going to be a joy to see who steps up even more and if Bama can keep it rolling. All right, so let's begin with the matchup odds and spreads. For the first game, I got Western Kentucky taking on Army. Army is a favorite to win, a seven-point favorite. And the right now the over and under for total points is at 52. Now the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers and the Army Black Knights meets today. Week 2 college football action at Mitchie Stadium. The Western Kentucky Hilltoppers look for a quick 2-0 start after beating UT Martin in their season opener. The Army Black Knights also look for a 2-0 record after beating Georgia State last week. The Western Hilltoppers hope to start 2-0 for the first time since the 2015 college football season. Bailey Zape is completing 80% of his passes for 424 yards, 7 touchdowns, and 1 interception. Zape enters this game with 35 career pass attempts. Jernif Stearns and Daywood Davis have combined for 190 receiving yards and three touchdowns, while Joshua Simon has three receptions. The Western Kentucky Hilltoppers ground game is averaging 109 yards per contest, and Kyle Robich leads the way with 100 with 44 yards on nine carries. Defensively, Western Kentucky is allowing 21 points a game and 396 yards per game. Antoine Kincaid leads the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers with seven tackles. Michael Pitts has one sack, and Miguel Edwards has one interception. The Army Black Knights look for a back-to-back 2-0 starts to the season. Christian Anderson is completing 50% of his passes for 40 yards, one touchdown, and zero picks. Army Black Knights have six touchdown passes dating back to last season. means they are a big running squad. Tyra Robinson and Brian Murphy have combined for 72 receiving yards, two touchdowns, while Sean Urkirk has one catch. The Army Black Knights ground game is averaging 258 yards a game. Anderson leads the way with 55 yards and one touchdown. Defensively, Army is allowing 10 points, 178 yards a game. Julian McDuffie leads the Army Black Knights with five tackles. Andre Carter has three sacks and Jabari Moore has one pick. Western Kentucky played well in its opener and has a hot quarterback, but beating UT Martin doesn't move the needle much. Army is one of the better defensive teams in the country and appears to be clicking with its running game. It's also tough to play Army or Navy with just one week to prepare. As their unique offenses take a ton of discipline to defend, I'm not confident Western Kentucky is one of those teams. This is a game Army should win by a touchdown or two. I'm going with the spread of Army, seven or more, 
And I like the over of 50, getting 52 points or more as well in the total. The next game up on the docket, I have Oregon versus Ohio State. Ohio State is favored to win by 15 points or more. And the over-under is at 63.5. Uh, week 2 of the 2021 college football season is headlined by the showdown of the number 12 Oregon Ducks at, versus the number 3 Ohio State Buckeyes in Columbus. Oregon opened the season with a close call on a 31-24 home win over the Fresno State Bulldogs last Saturday, failing to cover their 17.5-point favorite spread. Ohio State pulled away late for a 45-31 road win over the Minnesota Gulf, Golden Gophers on Thursday, pushing on the 14-point spread. This is a good Oregon team, but the gap between the elite programs and the rest of the country is growing in recent years. And Ohio State looks the part of a championship contender again. Also, Oregon's number one defensive player is also questionable as well. The combination of lackluster offense and the opener against Fresno State plus the key injuries, like I said, on the defensive end is the worry for the Ducks. And the Ohio State offense will eventually overwhelm Oregon and pull away. Despite the expected ups and downs of a debuting quarterback, Ohio State scored five different touchdowns on plays of at least 38 yards on Thursday as the Olav-Wilson tandem, a receiver looks uncoverable while an always strong run game found a big play threat in Williams. The secondary is the expected weak link of the Oregon defense after it didn't provide any big plays a year ago. And while the up front is usually more than good enough to make up for it, it's hard to imagine their number one defensive player will be anywhere close to full strength if he plays his, at all. Not to mention the absence of a great linebacker in Mathis. No matter how good the defense is, keeping up with Ohio State requires an explosive offense, and Oregon has struggled with the downfield passing game since Justin Herbert left the end of 2019 to go into the NFL. Our problem that certainly wasn't solved last week against Fresno State. This would be a competitive at times, but Ohio State's offense is eventually going to generate some of those splash plays Oregon's quarterback play won't be enough to seriously challenge the Buckeyes. Give me the Buckeyes winning by 15 or more. I'll take the over at 64 points or more. The next game that we have is Pittsburgh taking on Tennessee. The Panthers take on the Volunteers in Knoxville in a big week two matchup. The Panthers started off the season with a 51-7 victory over UMass. They had 597 yards of total offense against the independent opponent. Pittsburgh seemed to score at will, and their offense was firing on all cylinders. Their quarterback, Kenny Pickett, threw for 272 yards and was 27 for 37 passes. He threw it all over the field and spread the love with five different receivers scoring touchdowns. The Vols opened their season with a 38-6 win over Bowling Green. They started slowly and were winning only 14-6 at half, but soon later picked up the pace in the second half and showed flashes of the high-powered offense they were promised under head coach Josh Heupel. Tennessee had 475 yards of total offense. 331 were from the running game. Quarterback Joe Milton, a transfer from Michigan, was 11 for 23, 139 yards passing. The Vols' running game was the star of the show with the two running backs and the quarterback combining for 52 carries of 331 yards. This should be a close game if Tennessee can play like they did in the second half of last week's game with Bowling Green. If Pitt plays like they did last week, they should be able to get the edge over Tennessee by spreading the ball around. Pitt's defense can slow the Vols' rushing attack. They allowed only 42 yards rushing last week against the UMass Minutemen. Look for a close game, but I believe Pitt can ed- can get the edge to win the fourth quarter. Give me Pittsburgh with a spread of four points or more. And I like the under 
57 points total. Next on the docket, we have the Miami of Ohio taking on Minnesota Golden Gophers. Minnesota Golden Gophers are favored to win by 20 or more points, and the over-under is at 53.5. The Miami Redhawks and Minnesota Golden Gophers meet Saturday in Week 2 college football action at TCF Bank Stadium. The Miami Ohio Redhawks look for a win after losing their opener to Cincinnati. The Minnesota Golden Gophers need a win after losing their opener to Ohio State. The Redhawks hope to avoid their first 0-2 start since the 2018 college football season. A.J. Mayer is completing 32.1% of his passes for 109 yards, zero touchdowns, zero picks. Mac Hippenhammer and Jack Sorensen have combined for 96 receiving yards on five catches, while Devin Dorsey has one catch. This is a pretty much a run game type of team with the Red Hawks, where they average 190, 169 yards per contest. Kenyon Mosey leads the way with 80 yards on 15 carries. Defensively, Miami, Ohio, is not good on defense, in my opinion. 49 points allowed last game, 542 yards as well. Jordan Rocker-Furlow leads the Red Hawks with eight tackles. The Minnesota Golden Gophers hope to avoid back-to-back 0-2 starts in the season. Tanner Morgan is completing 59% of his passes for 205 yards, one touchdown. Daniel Jackson and Dylan Wright have combined for 115 receiving yards, one touchdown, the Minnesota Golden Gophers ground game is averaging 203 yards. Unfortunately, they did lose their first team All-American, Muhammad Ibram, when he had in the game against Ohio State when he had 163 yards and two touchdowns. So now replacing their best runner is going to be the big key into this game against Miami, Ohio. The Gophers are the better team here, but they're also, like I said, coming off a physical game against Ohio State. The Red Hawks are battle-tested after facing the top 10 Cincinnati team last week. They can't possibly play any worse offensively, really. This could be a look-ahead game for the Gophers, who next week will be playing Colorado. So I'm going to give the Red Hawks and the points, which I believe Miami, Ohio, will be in a close one. The spread is, like I said, 20 points or 19 points or less. Like I said, I like Miami, Ohio, and I give me the under of under. 53.5 points. Florida taking on South Florida. South Florida is the underdog in this by 28.5 points. And the over and under at 58.5. This Saturday afternoon college football action, we'll see the Southeastern Conference grapple with the American Athletic Conference as the Florida Gators take on South Florida Bulls. The Florida Gators went 8-4 last year, but they have just 10 starters back for that team. The good news is that they recruited well and have a couple easy games to give the new players some experience before facing Alabama next week. That game should be a doozy and it could be possibly the Gators look ahead. We shall see. Florida is picked to finish second in the SEC East and after watching that Georgia defense on Saturday, second is about the best they can do this year. The Gators have won four straight home openers. The offense is expecting to take a step back after averaging 39.8 points per game last year and having to replace Kyle Trask at quarterback. Florida has just five starters back on offense, but they looked very good, piling up 553 yards last week against Florida Atlantic to start off the season. The Gators won big, but were not able to cover the spread of 24 points. Emory Jones has taken over the QB and had a mediocre game and thrown for 113 yards, one touchdown, and two picks. The Gators were a very pass-happy team last year, and they averaged 379 yards through the air. 
but that looks like it could change this year. The South Florida Bulls got rocked in the first game, but I do not believe they're as bad as they played in the 45-0 loss to North Carolina State. They do have 18 stars back from last year. They'll come out better showing in this one, I believe. The Florida Gators have a solid team on their hands, and they'll compete for a title in the SEC East. Florida had an easy win over Florida Link, but there's still a team that's just 10 stars back from last year and a team that ranks 121st in terms of experience. We also note that Florida has a huge game against Alabama deck, and that will distract them in this one. I believe the Bulls will not come close to winning this game, but they will not lose by more than 26 points. Take the Bulls to keep the win in the huge number as the Gators have an eye to next week. So give me Southern Florida with the under 28.5 points, and I'll take the over in the points of 58.5 as a total. Happy Valley will be rocking on Saturday afternoon for the Penn State Opener, in which they'll take on the Ball State. The Cardinals beat FCS Western Illinois at home last weekend by a score of 31-21. It was a rough going in the past game for Ball State, both offensively and defensively. They only put up 178 yards offensively. They allowed 367. They were favored by 31 points, so it was obviously not a good way to start the season for Ball State. Conversely, Penn State went to a wild scene in Madison to beat a good Wisconsin team 16-10, a very good defensive game. Wide receiver and future draft pick Jahan Dotson posted five catches, 102 receiving yards, and one touchdown against the Badgers defense. The line is set too low in this one for a game that should be a Penn State blowout. Ball State hasn't had back-to-back winning seasons since 2012. When they went 6-1 in last year's COVID-shortened season against fellow Mac Woes, history says they'll come back to earth more this year, and week one's showing proved that. In addition, the Nittany Lions have now covered in four of their last five matchups. Expect a more dominant performance for the Penn State offense against a much weaker defense this week. Don't hesitate, don't hesitate to lay the points with Penn State. My pick, Penn State, 23 points or more, under 58 points. This is all about Georgia not looking great on offense. Well, now they have a chance to show out on offense now because they will be taking on UAB. A few turnovers could completely change this dynamics against a UAB team most expecting to roll over. There's also the ongoing COVID spike right now within the Georgia football program. Coach Kirby Smart even went as far as saying he, he's concerned as he's ever been. The COVID spike is definitely concerning and something to keep it on as we get closer to kickoff. But I'm not ready to take UAB over Georgia. We haven't reached that point yet. Clemson couldn't even breathe offensively against this suffocating Georgia defense. It's quite the statement when you go into an opener and hold a previous playoff contender to only three points. Tyler Johnson III looks promising, but so did DJ um, before coming face-to-face with the Bulldogs defensive front that slammed him to the dirt repeatedly. It was a monstrous seven-sack performance that should serve as a nightmare for the Blazers. UAB's offensive front isn't succeeding where Clemson's failed. There's still some concerns surrounding Georgia's offense, but I expect them to get going against a Blazers defense that isn't quite on the level of Clemson. There may be some hiccups in the beginning, but they'll pull away late and leave the Blazers in the dust. I'm laying the big points and stick with the Bulldogs on Saturday. Give me Georgia, 23 points or more. The under. Next up is Eastern Michigan taking on Wisconsin. (laughs) 
Wisconsin suffered a hard-fought loss to Penn State at home last Saturday. The Badgers should be ready to let out some frustration against the Eagles of Eastern Michigan this weekend. Wisconsin managed to score just 10 points, and they turned the ball over three times against Penn State. However, they outgained Penn State, 359 yards to 297. Their defense did a great job eliminating the run game. They held the Nittany Lions to only 50 yards, 2.8 yards per carry. It was a pro-typical Big Ten game between two strong defenses, so points coming at premium was not surprising. Look for the Badger offense to have a better day against Eastern Michigan. Graham Mintz has a very high ceiling running offense. Unlike last season, both Mertz and his top receivers are healthy. The Badgers' O-line should be too much for the Eagles to handle up front, which should lead to a better day all around for the Wisconsin offense. Eastern Michigan went 2-4 last year with the all-max schedule. They took care of business with a 20-point win over St. Francis in their season opener. But Wisconsin, it's a whole different challenge. The Eagles' running game was fine, 221 yards and 3-point yards per carry. But the Badgers should be able to buy. Wisconsin was the top team in the nation in regards to possession a season ago. They held the ball over for 42 minutes against Penn State. But they just made too many costly mistakes. Look for Wisconsin to avoid those mistakes and tighten these things up in this one. The Badgers should roll. Give me Wisconsin 26 points or more. Give me the over in points, 53 points or more. The next game on the dock is Appalachian State versus Miami of Florida. Florida right now is a nine-point favorite in the spread. And the over and under is at 54.5 points. Miami was completely outmatched against Alabama last week, which is more indicative of Alabama's dominance as they will likely have similar results against several teams this year. In week two, Miami will look to put its first loss out of the mind when they take on Appalachian State, who is not at the same level as Alabama. Not at all. The key to Miami's offense in this matchup for the rest of the season, the effectiveness of quarterback King. And he's taken on Appalachian State defense that gave up almost 400 yards to ECU last week. While Appalachian State offense looked well-balanced and effective against ECU as they ran for 226 yards and passed for 259, Miami's defense should have more success against Appalachian State as they are familiar with Mountaineer quarterback Chase Price, who was a starter at Duke in 2020. In their 2020 matchup against Bryce and Blue Devils, the Hurricanes limited Bryce to 94 passing yards, and they dominated Duke 48 to zip. Manny Diaz should be able to defensively prepare for Bryce in this matchup and focus primarily on stopping the Mountaineers' run game, which looked dangerous in Week 1. While Appalachian State defense only gave up 86 yards rushing last week, their pass defense looked very vulnerable, and the King is going to be looking for a revenge game after being shut down by Alabama. Expect Miami's offense to return to a 34-point game production from last year to cover the spread here. Give me Miami, 9 points or more. Gave me the over in total points of 55 points or more. We are blessed for the season of not only having football, but we still got baseball going on. Here's my favorite weekend parlays. For Saturday, give me the Giants. Game one of the Toronto Blue Jays. The Tampa Bay Rays. The Atlanta Braves. And the Los Angeles Dodgers. For Sunday, give me the Tampa Bay Rays. Toronto Blue Jays. Houston Astros, Milwaukee Brewers, Los Angeles Dodgers, and the Chicago White Sox. And for today's main event on our podcast, we have my favorite picks for Sunday's NFL matchups. First one up, we got the Eagles taking on the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons come in as a three-point favorites in the spread, and the over-under is at 48.5. The Atlanta Falcons do not project to be a very good team this season. 
Matt Ryan is well past his prime, and they have a head coach in Arthur Smith, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. Julio Jones is gone. Their new running back at the moment is Mike Davis. Mike Davis isn't necessarily a bad running back, but he's been a backup his entire career. Getting a new head coach, losing your best player on offense, and having a career backup as your starting running back isn't exactly a receipt recipe for success. I landed at a freak of nature in Kyle Pitts in the draft, but it is asking a lot for a rookie tight end to contribute immediately. The Eagles are in a much better shape as there are still a ton of questions around their starting quarterback, Jalen Hurts, in terms of his ability to lead an NFL team. He looked good last season at times, but he was pretty bad at others. So it's tough to know what we should expect on Sunday. The Eagles also have a new head coach in Nick Sarani, which also adds to the mystery of the Eagles. Laying points with either of these teams could be not advised to go. Laying points with either of these teams could not be advised, but I'm gonna go with the Eagles. Jalen Hurst didn't look bad in his preseason, and the Eagles do have weapons around him, but now with Devonta Smith and you still got Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. They seem to be undervalued in the market at this moment. Give me the Eagles. Covering the spread of three points and give me the under 49 points the total. The Seattle Seahawks will be taking on the Indianapolis Colts. The Seahawks are the favorites on the road by three points or more. And the total for the points is right now at 48.5. The Seahawks and the Colts will collide in one of the marquee matches of week one on Sunday afternoon. There's another new quarterback in Indy, as Andrew Luck's retirement led to the eventual signing of Phillip Rivers last season, and now Phillip Rivers' retirement led to the Colts getting Carson Wentz over the summer. It looks like Wentz will be ready to go from an injury standpoint, even though he did not play in the preseason and has practiced sparingly because of a foot issue and also the COVID. As such, this will be Wentz's first game action since last year with Philadelphia, when he threw only one more touchdown than the interception, 16-15. to 15. You have to think, Indianapolis will feature the ground game led by running back Jonathan Taylor, but Seattle boasted the number five rushing defense in the league last season. With Russell Wilson less than thrilled about things in Seattle and the lack of an early round draft pick, the Seahawks are being disrespected a little by the odds maker heading into 2021. They are the third favorites in their own division despite having compiled a 12-4 record last season. If not amazing, the Seahawks are quite clearly a good team. And the Colts did not beat many of those in 2020. Indy beat up on lower-level competition, mostly in the AFC South, while its losses included defeats to the Browns, Ravens, Titans, Steelers, and Bills. Unless Wentz storms out the gates much faster than expected, this is like a good situation for the visitors and the Seattle Seahawks. Give me the Seahawks. Three points or more favorites. And give me the under in the points of 48.5. The San Francisco 49ers going up against the Detroit Lions. We have the Niners as visitors, favorites by 8.5 in the spread, and the total under is at 45.5. The San Francisco 49ers endured a season of injuries last year in their 4-12 campaign, 12 months before they reached the Super Bowl after 2019 season. So expectations can justifiably be high again as they bid to bounce back from an injury-riddled 6-10 effort. Innovative head coach Kyle Shanahan just needs healthy and willing players to be able to bamboozle rival coordinators with his clever offensive schemes and bounce fully anticipated for this team. It's no surprise to see one of the bigger spreads of the week allocated to this team as they take on home underdogs Detroit. But this matchup could easily bring a double-digit line if it was two 
come up again in midseason with the team's fortunes likely to head in different directions. Shanahan might not get the dazzle with his plan to twin quarterback approach given rookie Trey Lance's finger injury, but veteran Jimmy Garoppolo is 24-9 as his starter. Despite his critics, the worry for the Niners is that they have a number of players coming off those injuries, including star defensive end Nick Bosa, but they should dominate the trenches on both sides of the ball. The Lions went 0-3 in preseason, and though new quarterback Jared Goff may well prove to be the not be a flop that people thought they would be in Motor City, he surely wouldn't have picked the Niners as his opponents for his debut. They know him well from his time in the NFC West with the Rams, with Golf losing four starts against them in a row. This one of the biggest lines of the week for the simple reason that the Niners should be a lot stronger than the Detroit Lions this year. Give me San Francisco 49ers to cover nine points or more. Give me the under 45 points. Next up on the docket, we have the Arizona Cardinals taking on the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans come in as three-point favorites at home, and the over-under is at 53.5. It will be a battle between two playoff hopeful teams when Tennessee Titans um, kick off the season in Tennessee on Sunday afternoon, taking on the Arizona Cardinals. The Titans were among the biggest newsmakers of the offseason. They got Julio Jones from the Falcons to make up for their loss of Corey Davis and Janu Smith. Former offensive coordinator Arthur Smith is now the head coach in Atlanta, but Tennessee has an experienced quarterback under center in Ryan Tannehill and arguably the best running back in the business in Derrick Henry. There should not be any drop-off, even though there have been some changes with the player personnel department and coaching staff. On the other side of the ball, the Tennessee Titans added Bud Dupree in hopes of bolstering their pass rush. Putting pressure on opposing quarterbacks was Tennessee's biggest weakness in 2020, but will Arizona be able to take advantage? Maybe not. Kyle Murray finished with only 14 more touchdown passes than interceptions last season, 26-12, with only losing four fumbles. The Cardinals are expected to bring up the rear in the NFC West, which is an entirely demanding expectation given the overall strength of that division. But by no means is the team not great on paper. J.J. Watt and A.J. Green are big names, but at this point in their career, they may not be move the needle as much on the field, especially not in their first game in a new setting. With the Titans enjoying home field advantage, they should be able to win and cover possibly a wide margin. Give me the Tennessee Titans, more than three points, over 53 points in this game. The next game on the dock is the Packers taking on the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are the underdogs by four points. And the fact is that this game, because of the hurricane is now in Jacksonville. It also does not give the New Orleans Saints any home field advantage against Aaron Rodgers. And because Aaron Rodgers' saga can take a back seat, because now he's officially going to be in the spotlight this season because of the so-called off-season drama that he had, number 12 is poised to deliver a reminder of why Green Bay can't afford to let him leave by taking apart a crumbling New Orleans Saints team. While the Packers restrain their While the Packers retained their superstar quarterback this offseason, New Orleans lost theirs as Drew Brees rolled off into the sunset after calling it a career. Jameis Winston steps into the breach for the Saints, and his broom or bust potential makes it tough to know what we'll get out of New Orleans this year. Winston will be playing behind a high-quality offensive line and has one of the league's top running backs to call upon in Alvin Kamara. 
But that's where the good news ends. Michael Thomas is missing for the Saints after undergoing ankle surgery. And that leaves New Orleans very light at wide receiver. Preseason darling Marquez Callaway is their best option to face this tough task in the strong Packers secondary. Kamara was already going to shoulder a lot of the burden for the Saints' offense this season, and he looks to suffer a particularly heavy workload against the Packers in a game to be played in Jacksonville due to the hurricane, as stated before. The Packers have relatively few concerns compared to the cap-strapped Saints. As long as reigning MVP Rodgers can forget about his off-the-field issues, him and Devontae Adams are back together for potentially the last time in Green Bay. And as like I said, it has a last dance feel to it. Rodgers is 4-2 in his career against the Saints and looks one of the best bets of the week to improve upon that. Green Bay is stacked on offense, and the defense looks com- competent enough to handle a Saints team that is 1-6 against the spread in their last seven Week 1 assignments. I'm going to give Green Bay in the spread of 4 points or more. Give me the over of 50 points or more in this game. The remaining picks I have for Sunday, and just to just go over them, not too much analysis with it, the Pittsburgh Steelers, I got them less than seven points in the spread for it. Give me that. Give me the Carolina Panthers to win by four or more. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars, four or more. Give me the Los Angeles Chargers to win this in an upset, in my opinion. Give me the Minnesota Vikings, three or more. Give me the total points to be under, 44 points between the Dolphins and the Patriots. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs to win by six or more against the Cleveland Browns. Give me the Denver Broncos to win by four points or more against the New York Giants. Give me the Los Angeles Rams to win eight or more against the Chicago Bears. And then give me the Baltimore Ravens to win by three or more against the Las Vegas Raiders. I'd like to thank all the listeners for joining me today. If you have any questions or any topics that you want to discuss in regards to betting, just submit them on the website, startofanair.com. Next episode, I'll be going over NFL Week 2 picks, college football week 3, and more baseball. So listeners, please rate, review the podcast, and I'll be back soon to bless your ears again.